1: It's Lifeline with Jesse Gastand. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastand. Yes, indeed, and I want to at least be the last two of those, if I can be a teacher and an inspiration. All other qualifications are just icing on the cake, really. If we can teach and if we can inspire we have reached the pinnacle of our, of our calling as human beings, as people, as those created in the Imago day. I hope you are doing well. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be January 29th. Shortly, we will be moving into February. I'll talk about that in a moment, but I am excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I trust you are, too. Just so glad to be alive, thinking about the psalmist you know, David and the rest of the psalmist Asaph and all of those Levitical brothers who had the calling and gifting and benefit of blessing us with the psalms. Um, just been a magnificent study by myself and one of my deacon teachers in the church expounding through the book of Psalms, and we do it every summer on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. For those of you who have joined us, you've known how impactful And how relevant the psalms are for our lives. And uh, three categories that David demanded of all of the psalmists who ever wrote or sang in the worship of the people of God in David's day. The psalms are given to us to thank God. Thank God. Thank God for what he has done for us in our life. Thanksgiving is critical to honoring God. It's fact an essential that cannot uh go um undone it's not it's not even acceptable by God for those who profess to know Him, not to be in a perpetual state of thanksgiving to God for what He has done for us. The other term that encompasses the nature of the psalm, so you'll read in in uh, in the psalms many places, oh thanks, oh give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good for his mercy endures forever. You will also hear in the Psalms what we are commonly used to in the world of Christendom, praise, praise. And that is a proclamation or a form or a character or tenor of the Psalms that speaks to God's nature. When we praise God, we praise him not as much for what he has done That's true, too. But for who he is, which is behind and underneath and the foundation for what he does. We praise God for who he is, the glorious God, the almighty God, the sovereign God, the merciful and gracious and long suffering and plenteous in goodness. God, these are attributes of God's character, predicates of his nature. That we declare when we really, truly know God, not just about him, but know him in his saving mercy to us through his son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of his spirit and by the intimate revelation of his word, it should produce in our life praise unto God. Praise unto God for who he is. And then finally, there's an aspect in the Psalms that David calls us to, and that is repentance, Uh, a serious uh, grieving over sin, a serious acknowledging of it in us and of it around us and of it about us. You will notice that in many of the Psalms that David wrote personally, he is writing penitential Psalms, writing Psalms, calling out to God for help, for help, not just help concerning those adversaries that he did have in terms of him being the king, him being God's typical firstborn, him being that model and representative of the vicar that God has for the whole of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, as Psalm 2 puts it so very clearly. David would cry out to God for help, for help, for help. And his crying out in the context of Psalms was to teach the people of God that God is there as our helper. And so we are to call upon God in time of trouble. He is a very present help in time of need. And so we are candid and consistent and persistent to call upon God who is also our Ebenezer. David laid it out for us. It's praise, it's thanksgiving, and it's penitential. We call upon God when we are weak, we are feeble. When we are in trouble in our soul, when we are lapsing, when we are drawing away, when we are depleted and empty, when we are uh, troubled by the dark and and, and vague and vile thoughts that tend to enter into our head when we are um, uh, beside ourselves. God is the only one that can restore us to a sense of uh, healthy, spiritual, and vital faith by which we return to a status of thanking God and praising God. Now, that's the cycle of the believer's life. If you don't believe me, read Psalm 107. It talks about the topsy-turvy world of those who are on ships and how they call upon the Lord, and he delivers them out of all of their troubles and leads them to their safe haven. So that trifecta is an aspect of the believer's life. Praise, thanksgiving, and crying out to God in penitential. Um, a need and dependence upon him to deliver us from ourselves and then also from our enemies. The moment you become a true child of God, do you know you have enemies just because you are in a fallen world that is run by a fallen angel that is called Lucifer and he despises everything about God and everything about God's people. Hence, you and I are in a warfare. And so it's really important for you to Count your blessings, shout of God. I was meditating on Psalm 37. I'm going to read a few verses, and I'm going to share with you what's going on in my life this year, of which you can be a part of as well. Uh, And after our break, um, you can give me a call. We can chat and talk about your problems or your challenges or your needs. You know what we're going to do here for the next two hours, hour and 45, 46 minutes now. Um, We're just going to talk, and we're going to deal with it. Hopefully, I'll be able to inspire you and you, me as well, um, and we can uh, set a trajectory, a course of life for this year. So happy to be in the year 2018, wanting to honor God, honor all men, just love the brethren, just love, love the brethren, fear God, and honor the King, the Lord Jesus, uh, and do the best we can. So listen to the Psalms. You've heard this before, and then I'm going to share with you a couple of announcements. The Lord said in Psalm 37 verses 1 through verse 8, I'll stop there. Uh, These are all verbs. They're imperatives. They are commandments to you and I, and they are secrets as to how we walk in the triumph of grace when we're God's. These are keys to how we walk in the triumph of grace when we're God. Psalm 37, David wrote this verses 1 through 8. I'll use those. And he says, first and foremost, here's the first imperative. He says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Don't get angry. That's what that word means. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. So David automatically, he calls our attention to this, that you and I are going to be looking around and we're going to see things we don't like. Now, those things that we don't like might even threaten us. But David said, Do not exhaust your energy being angry about that. And certainly do not give yourself over to the painful distraction of envying the workers of iniquity. There's something about the way they function and how they act and what they do and how they celebrate their dark life that has a tendency to cause the believer to be envious. Can I get a witness? And so he says, Do not fret. Do not let yourself. Exercise misguided anger. Number two, he says, for this is called a promise. They shall be soon cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Here's a key, saints. Get this now. The wicked are only in control temporarily. The second verb is trust in the Lord. First one, fret not yourself. Don't be angry for no reason. Save your anger for valid, valid execution. Number two, trust in the Lord Hear now and do good. This is where we are this year in our theme. Honor honor, honor all men, love the brethren, fear God, and, and, and love the king, or honor the king. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Is that a good imperative with promise? Trust in the Lord and do good. He's trust in the Lord, lean on him, and then do good. Now, what he's saying here is if you don't lean on the Lord, you will not do good. Trust in the Lord. Do good. You shall dwell in the land. In other words, this relationship of trusting and doing will secure you in the land and God will feed you. I know that for a fact. Here's the third one. Not only fret, not don't have dissipating anger. Don't spend the time being angry and being known for being angry. Trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the what desires of your heart. Now, David says the secret to a fulfilled life is delighting in the Lord. Now, this is really simply one thing, and I'm going to launch into one of our uh, news broadcasts for the year that I think a lot of you are going to enjoy. There are two of them that I'm going to deal with in this break and then the next. David says, delight yourself in the Lord. Make the Lord Your chief joy, the one thing that you fully engage your utter and supreme delight upon. The verb literally means to roll and wallow in the reality of the fullness of God's goodness to you. Delight yourself in the Lord. There are a lot of things we delight ourselves in, but do we really delight ourselves in the Lord? This is a relational concept, though. If you don't get it, this is hard. When you really love someone, when you really uh, honor someone, you delight in them. You really do. And God is to be honored. He's to be loved and be delighted in delight yourself in the Lord. Now watch this. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. There is a correlation between your, your involved participation in reflection upon and engagement with the character and nature and splendor and beauty of God to you and the shape, the shape and the tone, the tone and the content, the content and the condition of your heart the shape the tone content and condition of your heart is predicated upon conditioned by contingent upon your delighting yourself in the lord do you believe that that's what david said he says delight yourself in the lord and the next thing you know desires are fulfilled now this is something that i do want to announce before i go to break and this is just this what a what a joyful and you guys know we do this thing called the daughters of grace um every couple of months and we've been on break for the last couple of uh for a couple of months and this will be our first meeting in the new year we'll talk more about this next week february 17th february 17th our 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 new year's or our next daughters of grace Saturday morning meeting we always gather together at eleven o'clock and and in honor of Valentine's Day this is what our sisters are putting together, I guess Valentine's Day is somewhere in February y'all know and 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 in honor of Valentine's Day and what it attempts to convey and that is this being and expressing love for someone special, which idea fully comports with our theme this year and that is honor. So February is a month where they exercise the you know holiday of, of of loving someone, giving a Valentine. I do this with my wife every year. Look forward to it, just to express to her my delight and my love in her, loving her. This meeting is all designed for this one thing: to actually talk about the heart in relationship to the the, the blessed, privileged of loving someone and being loved. I'll share share this with you, my brothers and sisters, and this is something that you'll hear from me constantly over the course of this year relative to our theme. It's a wonderful and amazing thing, and it's purely the grace of God, watch this now, to be loved. For someone to love you is an amazing thing. Think about it. It's an amazing thing to be loved. It's an amazing thing first to be loved by God. Don't don't run past that. This is this ought to make you do backflips in your soul to be loved by God is to be honored by God is to be cared for by God is to be highly esteemed, held up and poured into and expressed publicly by God when you're loved Amen. And so the point is, is that we're going to actually be talking about heart issues on that particular meeting. And we want all you sisters out, as many as you come out before and even bring your friends, because we are going to be talking this year in our uh, theme of honoring God, uh, uh, matters of the heart, matters of the heart. And as I stated, when David said in Psalm uh, 37, verse six, He said, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself. That's verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What we want to be able to do is assess our hearts and see its condition, um, see its shape and form, see its status. Uh, and know and, and really know the quality and condition of our hearts. Wouldn't you say so? Wouldn't you say that that's a valid um, exercise of faith and, and spiritual discipline uh, relative to our walk with God? Don't you want a good heart, a healthy heart, a vital heart, a spiritual heart, a strong heart? a gospel-centered heart, a joyful heart, a giving heart, a passionate heart, an empathetic, sympathetic heart, a Christ-glorifying heart. Don't you want that? All right, I'm going to talk more about that, and I've got some other good news as well. Um, at the end of our February 17th event, uh, I think it's February 24th, the week thereafter, for three weeks, we will be dealing with the rules of engagement. Yes, another series on marriage. I want to talk to you after the break on that as well. Powerful, powerful stuff. A fantastic series this year. For those of you who want to be married, those of you who are on the brink of getting married, those of you who are married, those of you who are a long time married. Yep, we're going to huddle up again for three weeks and nail down issues of marriage. I got some concepts here I want to share with you after I come back from the break. You can take your pen down and write some of this stuff down because these are worthy principles to capture and meditate upon, but I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to what's happening over the course of this year at Grace with many of you, our listeners as well. The number here to reach me if you want to talk about issues of the heart or whatever is 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. let us get the lines all lit now, one triple8, and let's bless our audience with our dialogue and conversation. This is your host, Jesse Gistin. really and truly happy to be alive in Christ and, and serving our God and and blessing you, hopefully teaching and inspiring as well. We'll be right back after this commercial break. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we are back at the time, 525. Three lines open, one 367 5329 If you want to call in, you've been listening to the program. Hey, you might even be a, a first-time listener. I do want to encourage you to call in as well if you are enjoying what we are um, talking about, be glad to um, hear from you. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. As I was stating, um, we are going to have our our New Year's Daughters of Grace um, session Saturday, February seventeenth. That's two weeks from now, and uh, we're going to be dealing with matters of the heart. And as I stated before um, the break, it is a profound thing to be loved. It is a profound thing to be loved of God. It is a profound thing for anyone to love you. But we really do want to press into several things around uh, love because it is first and foremost a heart issue. I think you would agree with that. Um, but, But the condition of the heart will also determine how one receives and how one gives love. So how one receives and how one gives love. Whenever you and I uh, think about someone loving us, what we're doing is we're really thinking about someone that honors us. Wherever it is in your life, when someone honors you, it's that they love you, whether in the past, whether in the present or in the future. And because someone loves you, It means they honor you in their mind. They honor you in their heart. They may even honor you with their lips. And certainly this is a rule in scripture a love is an action word as you know a verb and it always is manifested by giving and so when we honor someone we are giving them praise we are giving them honor we are giving them promotion we are giving them notoriety or fame we are giving them things that correspond to the value and worth that they hold in our eyes we are holding them up we are bestowing upon them honor And we are expressing, now watch this now, unsolicited honor towards them. In other words, when someone honors you and loves you, uh, you don't have to extract from them that honor and love. They're going to love you just because they love you. Um, When someone really honors you, they're going to honor you just because they honor you. You don't have to tell someone to love you. You don't have to tell someone to honor you. They're just going to do it. This is, by the way, how you know you actually honor someone else. If you honor them, you hold them up in your heart and mind with high esteem. If you honor them you um you pour upon them and 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 bestow upon them attributes and accolades of of honor and then you also express it as God said very plainly in the word Get up give honor to whom honor is due withhold not good from him to whom it is due when you have it in your power and as god is he's calling us to this kind of quality of relationship um That must be understood. The question then I would raise is, how do I know I am loved? As I had stated, it's because God and people pour into you. They share with you. They express their heart towards you and they give to you. That's how you know your love. Look around and see what you have. You can tell the measure of your love of how you have been loved by what you have starting with God and then those nearest and dearest to you and those who have done it in the past. We are going through the book of Esther right now, and we are dealing with the principles by which God exalted Esther to the queenship of Persia. I have laid out how there is no one that has been exalted or promoted or honored who didn't go first through the uh, requisite process of humility and discipline and education and someone pouring into their life. To prepare them for the office that they have. Suppose you have the office of being a parent, uh, a father or a mother or a, uh, a leader in a business or even a student. Well, for you to do that job well, someone has to have and are presently pouring into your life. For instance, our children, we honor our children when we pour into their life a knowledge of God, when we pour into their life uh, principles of conduct as a human being. When we pour into their life a mode of, of morality and ethics that are rooted in God's word so that they can actually be a productive citizen, we pour into their lives when we model what it's like to be a child of God ourselves. So we are honoring them when we pour into them and we expect the reciprocation of that honor back both now and when they are an adult. So really ladies and gentlemen, honor is like the, 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 the stream and flow. It is the, the, the veins and corpuscles of our, uh, of our body, the, the sinews and, and uh, ligaments of our physical anatomy. It's, It's spiritually speaking, the way we function. So if we function honorably, um, it will have an honorable outcome. If we function dishonorably, we will be toxic in our body, sick, uh, arthritic, and uh all sorts of ailments will occur. the Bible's very clear about that. Two lines open one triple eight, three six seven five three, two nine, one triple eight, three six seven five three, two, nine. So February seventeenth is going to be big ladies come on out, be ready to come on out and enjoy the process of um, being loved on. Being educated in the gospel, and then uh, having some heart surgery done in a way that will make it better for you this year. We're looking forward to loving on you on the 17th. Here's another one. I think I told you before the break Um, our rules of engagement class will be taking place. Let's see. It will be taking place first on February 24th, then on March 3rd, and then on March 10th. Three Saturdays in a row. Mark those off on your calendar. From 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., Rules of Engagement 4, I think. I think it's really about 5, but I think it's Rules of Engagement 4. Now, those of you who have been in our Rules of Engagement class, you know that this is a class about marriage, class about preparation for marriage, class about the strengthening and restoration of marriage. And this Rules of Engagement series will focus briefly on, in our first class, our fundamentals. We have a set of fundamentals that you guys know. A Bible-based, cross-centered, spirit-aided foundation for marriage. The engaged and the newly married couples will benefit from this as we talk to them about God's franchise principles, because marriage is God's franchise. It's not yours or mine. It's his. And when we do it his way, it's blessed. Secondly, and then more to the point, we're going to be addressing the married couples concerning what I call quality endurance. Quality endurance. Write that down. This is about a quality endurance package that we want to share with our brothers and sisters who are already in the context of marriage. And, you know, marriage is a war. You know, it. it's a war. It's a war. It's a war. And what we're going to be dealing with in that particular study of the quality of endurance package is the recovery of the biblical marriage model. That is the redemptive mandate that often gets lost in marriage. The overcoming of the carnal tendencies that makes marriage hell, the overcoming the carnal tendencies that makes marriage hell because marriage is hell when the me first syndrome dominates the marriage. So we're going to be dealing with the recovery of biblical marriage as a model, the redemptive mandate that is essential for marriage to be missional, the overcoming of the carnal tendency that makes marriage hell, that me first syndrome, and then finally being radically intentional. About the proper use of God's grace to build the family and not to tear it down. Being radically intentional about the proper use of grace to build the family and not tear it down. Now, this acronym is clear. It's the letters R-O-B, and they stand for Rob. Rob. Not the man Rob, but what one does. We are striving this year to rob the adversary, the devil, of his joy in the destruction of the family. We want to rob him of that joy by instituting this set of principles. Now, the title of this particular ROE, Rules of Engagement, series is called Just the Three of Us. Just the Three of Us. Write that down. This series is called Just the Three of Us. You guys remember that tender song by Bill Withers? Just the two of us remember that just the two of us we can make it if we try now that is a wonderful song but bad doctrine wonderful song but bad doctrine Jesus made it very plain in the gospel of John chapter 15 without me you can what? Whenever we generally marry in a Christian context, what do we do? We say a threefold cord is not easily broken, right? And so just the three of us is really about addressing the struggles and challenges of marriage where God ends up being second fiddle, tertiary at best, and in many ways on a practical level, uh, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, just really moved out of the way. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot do God's franchise, his institution, by yourselves. Just the two of us is the heresy that caused Adam and Eve to plunge the whole world into hell. Just the two of us is what kicks us out of the Garden of Eden and have to walk through this crazy wilderness. Just the two of us will never, ever work. It's just the three of us. That is us and God. So I'm looking forward to a powerful, powerful, powerful time of edification. I got to take a break. I still have two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Give me a call. Bible verse, struggle, issue, um, whatever the case may be. Let's fill the lines up and get talking. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we're back 538 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, 538 p.m. on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 888 367 Love to hear from you, one 888 367 Excited, just happy, very happy, very thankful. Let me go to line one and talk with Michael in Youngstown. Michael, what is your question, comment, or observation, sir?
0: how you doing brother jesse i'm good good i just wanted to uh comment on what you were saying about uh from prayer service about how god restrains evil and how we just can't blanketly uh cast uh, everybody's kind of in one bucket sure uh i've come back here to youngstown ohio to visit my children and i just was able to be humbled by seeing what's around here there's Mm -hmm. nothing and the fact that i've come from here that everything that's happened from there, in spite of all the negative things that are talked about this community, God was literally restraining evil and, 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 and just guiding me along the whole way. Mm-hmm. Just, this whole trip, I've been humbled by that. Mm-hmm. And this verse uh, from Hosea 6, 7 says, Come, let us return to the Lord. For He has torn us, that He may heal us. He has struck us down, and He will bind us up. And what you're saying about honor... Um, I just hope to do that, but the most important thing is I'm just very, very thankful. Right. Because I see so clearly now that the fact that I escaped out of Youngstown, right. made it to school, got a degree, all these things that I had to strive and work for, it wasn't even me, because I come from here. It was a God, just, it's a miracle. Right. Uh, and then not even the fact that He saved my soul, that He called me, that He loves me just as I am, and these verses I can eat and I can own, um, it just... It just kind of goes back to uh, what Peter talks about as like humbling ourselves under the lord because he resists the proud and the last point is you know I don't know what's ever going to happen when I come here I never know how things are going to go right but I just kind of cast my cares before the lord right and I leave him, and I walk away and literally just watching and waiting to see what he does and I don't have to look at my opposition or the obstacles and all the the things that they may throw at me I can rest in his word because it's so true. It's going to come to pass. And even if it doesn't come to pass how I want, I could be thankful.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's all I
0: wanted to say is that, that he used this trip to really just make me thankful. And I just wanted to share that with the reader. So
1: right. Let me, let, me, let me contextualize it for those who are not able to actually do that, because what you and I are having a conversation that actually has two strands, Michael. One strand is our conversation in our prayer service. Michael happens to be part of our prayer prayer team, one of the prayer warriors for us at Grace. You guys all know that we gather together every Tuesday night um, about 7.30 and we actually have a full fledged prayer worship time of um, singing hymns addressing the uh, the requests as scripture says, make your supplications and requests known unto God and then we uh, engage in dialogue around uh, some of the requests that might open up a theological query and, and we do that in preparation of a passionate time of prayer um, called calling upon God, and uh, what Michael was stating is that one of the things that I, I share with the saints is that as we are seeking to honor all men, First Peter two seventeen part A. What we want to learn how to do is not um, use some of the casual blanket statements that we often do uh, in a given situation. Those kind of axioms uh, have a tendency to to miss the point, and it will blind us to certain glories. For instance, what you're saying, Michael, uh, is is, an, is a is a multiple faceted a blessing as I'm listening. Here's what I, here's what I hear. Um, Uh, Your origin is before you. It's always an amazing thing when we go back to our native living place. Any of us knows that there's a kind of eeriness there, apprehension, but a necessity. It's a necessity to go back and look, right, and you get to see the process and progress and development of both the struggle and the blessings that go with a God who has predestined us, and y'all know, saints, that when you look back, that far back and see how God has brought you from where you were to where you are, it ought to invoke thankfulness in our life for this this very reason. Our eyes are opened up to realities now that were never opened up before. So I actually thank God for those dark places of poverty and conflict and struggle and pain, which he has brought me out of um, because God is to be honored in my mind for having having brought me to where I am. I I honor God for that. And Mm -hmm. then I also ask him for grace to stay humble because we're learning that being humble is also God's honor to us as he is growing us up in the person of Christ. But here's the other part I want to say before I let you go, Mm -hmm. because we can't dominate the time here. Um, What you are doing is honorable to God because you are seeking to maintain vital and relevant place in your children's life. And so to jump on a plane as frequently as you can and go several thousands of miles, Michael, to just be in their space and in the humility, try to develop a kind of relationship that those boys need with you honors God. It honors fatherhood and it honors them. You need to know that not to revel in, but to understand that your mission is to be able to honor God in this Content. that's the best you can apartment. do yeah it's the best you can do and, and 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 listen as i let you go because you're a model to other brothers who are in the same situation when god gives us just a little bit like this to do as an opportunity just do it i mean you know we'll let god determine the outcome we'll let him determine the outcome uh, but when you come back i'm pretty sure that you'll be able to um to give a report that God was gracious in the opportunity that you are taking to honor Him and honor uh, fatherhood. So thank you for the call, my brother. Thank Your you brother. for the call. I got to take a break. Got three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So uh, sisters out there, you know, as we're working through the Esther text, <laughs> and we're we're trying to figure out what does it take to be ready for a king. Well, it takes a woman becoming a queen uh, in preparation, a princess in preparation for that king, as uh, uh, I think it was Charles Stanley said that in his message just a couple of hours ago. Hey, You want a king? Be a queen. Uh, and so we want to work towards that. And that's kind of what Michael is doing. Uh, he realized the honor that God has given him to have two sons. And even though there was brokenness in that relationship, he is wanting to be an honorable man in their life, even at the cost of going across the nation. Now, that's the kind of man you want, a man who finally gets it. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. The kind of man that you want is the man that gets it and the man that sees God and wants God. All right? Two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Taking a break, one i will be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. And we're back. The time is 5.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one If you want to call in with any Bible question, comment, observation, what have you, some advice you need, uh, I don't mind. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Just so glad to be alive in Christ and well and engaged. Let me go to line number two and talk with Karina in Lodi. Karina, what is your question, comment, or observation, young lady?
2: Good evening, Pastor Jesse. How are you? My Good. I was calling because um, I just want to further advocate. I just love um, your topic of going over through honor. Mm-hmm. And as I expressed a lot to you, mm-hmm. one of my personal struggles with my father is honoring him since he is not a very honorable man. Right. Um, so I really enjoy you advocating that. So it's helping me a lot tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main question was, and it kind of had to do a little bit that you mentioned that I got um, when I was driving home, um, was about, you know, having joy and stuff. Right. And so one of the comments, if I think if I would quote you right, that you mentioned, or you told the parents, you know, not to tell their kids that they could be everything or anything they wanted. Right. And so, kind of, I would say maybe along that line, mm-hmm. um as as in college-educated women. Yes. You know, we're or I was told, you know, if you get a college education, you'll get the the best job and high-paying job, and you know, and so that's kind of been my struggle because I haven't quite had that job yet.
1: Ninety five percent. Ninety five percent of you of the college students are in the exact same place that you are. Do you know that? Do you know that? I know that. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing that, that that's the case. And you, I can tell you, Karina, we could talk about this one because, you, you know, that's kind of a wheelhouse for me in the sense that um, my daughters have done college. My sons have done college. Uh, and it's worked out well in a lot of ways. But the process to success is an amazing thing. And I do. I am definitely going to talk about it. So, you know, you heard me. Oh, good. You heard me make mention of how God. I brought Esther to prominence, right?
2: Right. How he And you also mentioned that, you know, he won't never shame us. Right. But you know, waiting fifteen years, you know, it's kinda hard to be patient.
1: Right. Right. Sometimes. So now so now I feel you as well as hear you. Um if you recall what I stated about Esther, I, I talked about how the pillar that led to her public exaltation was a pillar of proximity where God had given her things that could have never uh, allowed her to be what she is about to be if they hadn't been in her life. Like she needed somebody to love her and to sow into her life. Are you Remember that? Yes. Uh, her father, right? Mordecai. Yep. um and so he taught her a bunch of things about discipline and dis- discretion and and wisdom and obviously this sister just just got tons of skill sets. I was talking with my sisters in the DOG yesterday about how God has just blessed you girls, you ladies, uh tremendously. Just it's just an amazing thing. All right, cuz like, you know, you guys have tons of gifts. It's just true. The brothers know it is a secret, but we know it. Um However, however, um, God had to lay a foundation that was so firm and so solid that she didn't know anything about. And then the the uh, foundation that she did know about by virtue of being trained up by a good father, um, she had to walk in. You know this. She becomes queen, but she still holds to the rules that her dad taught her, right? Correct. Right. Well, that's what you have to do, too, with your Heavenly Father. You have to continue to hold to the rules. He got you through life. He got you through middle school. Middle school is like to me is like 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 a horror movie. Right. It's just like a horror movie because we are all these little crazy little hormones that haven't taken on full shape. By the time you get to high school, you're wearing a ton of masks uh, and we get through that and we go to college. And here's what they do in college. They tell you. You can be anything. You you heard it. That you can be anything. And and yeah. you know, you get all of this 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 gobbledygook. and then when it's over with, you know, um you're back out there hustling and bustling to get a job and then to get the job you want. Karina, I guarantee you, I had this conversation with my 21-year-old. I'm sorry, Gloria, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, she might be 22. Forgive me. Uh, One of y'all can correct me if y'all want to. I'm talking to my daughters. Um, But Gloria and I are talking about her wanting to go to the next level in her work, right? Because she got her degree, too. And so she's working right now, Mm -hmm. Karina, in a job that she likes, but it's not where she wants to be. Right. It's not where she wants to be. And so we're talking about how do we hang out long enough and what do we do? Well, How do we modify? How do we adjust? How do we improvise how do we do that that is so important where you are right now where you are how to take this time and and, and so i'm gonna share this verse and and we probably have to sit down and talk about this where you are because it's been how many years now
2: 15 S-
1: since college right correct
2: All
1: Right. so I now wish i
2: was back to my 22 years old i wish i was that hopeful and gung-ho and
1: Yeah. Well, that's what she is. But I'm gonna tell you now, I'm gonna tell you now, here's what I want to share with you. So now listen to this verse. I just want you to hear here here. I want you to hear two verses. And then um, if you need to ask me something, I'll be glad to share it with you before we take a break. So when 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 David gave us the eight imperatives by which we ultimately find the joy in our heart in God fret not yourself because of evil doers trust in the Lord uh, and do good delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart commit your way unto the Lord that's a term I'm going to talk about here in a little while with us Uh, the first principle of establishing a real relationship with God is you got to commit and a lot of people are not committed to God and that's a problem he said David says after you commit rest in the Lord. That's verse that's verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. Don't get angry because of the person that prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret yourself in any wise to do the wrong thing. Can you hear your father talking to you now? Yes. Your heavenly father? Yes. Can you hear him? I hear him. So now here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say um, before, because you may have already, you know how we are. We just, you know, be, we be wanting to just tear stuff up when we don't get our way. You know that. Um,
2: right. But also, you know, between men and women relationships, you know, you it's the man that has to wait, you know, for yep, us. Yep. We got lots to get ready.
1: That's right.
2: So I probably need a discipline on that, on being patient and waiting.
1: Ooh, you going to come to the marriage series? You're gonna to come to the Roe? We last year. Huh? Yes, I
2: came last year, and I'm definitely coming this year.
1: Right, because we getting ready to lay it down.
2: But but I only want Jesus as my husband. Oh, girl, perfect. you're killing us. So I know I know when the relationship is wrong, it's all about me. So I'm,
1: Ooh, I'm you the are, wrong are so one. smart. <laughs> you are so smart. You are so smart. Okay, so so yeah, I mean, you know, how you gonna lose with the Lord Jesus as your husband? He like the perfect husband. So the only one messing up on that side is us, right? Yes. Right, he's keeping it real and he's keeping it right and he's keeping his promises and we jacking it up. I got that. That's kind of that's a wonderful redemptive spiritual gospel kind of cop out for not wanting a broke, hard-headed, knuckle-headed brother that at the best you can do is make sure that he has his um principles right and then um you know um between you and him collaborate to um to do the will of God because that's the best we get in marriage in this life is a brother that actually operates out of the three principles of manhood. And the three principles of manhood for a brother is that he is a provider. He is a protector and he is a nurturer. I can explain this more fully in scripture, but I think you get it. A good woman honors a man who provides, who protects and who nurtures Uh, and his nurturing elements are confined. They are not the same as the woman that Hebrew term for man and woman have distinct characteristics and, and missional missional traits that do not need to be overlapped. I think a good woman is as happy as all get up. If she's got a good provider, a good protector and then a, a facilitating nurturer, someone who comes along and helps you do your job Relative to your calling, and that constitutes security. But he's going to be broken in a whole bunch of areas. Can you can you put up with that?
2: For from God to be broken. No, no,
1: I'm talking about your husband. Oh, oh I
2: don't have a husband, I, girl, other than Jesus.
1: No, nah, I know, I know oh, you. I
2: don't know. I, I'm very <laughs> struggling with my father. <laughs>
1: I got you. Okay, and okay. I'm
2: to, and I'm trying to honor him because God placed him there. Yeah. But, Ooh, you I, know, I mean, no, I mean, because sometimes I go through, you know, highs and lows, yeah. you know, especially since I'm applying to jobs. And
1: yeah.
2: when it gets brought up, you know, it's kind of hard to give a response. What's that? About why I haven't pursued, you know, the medical area
1: oh and so, yeah and see that's the same so, area that you glows know, in
2: one on good days it's okay to comfort and soothe myself
1: mm-hmm.
2: with god's word mm-hmm. but you know some days that are difficult that's true it's, it's like yeah i know those verses but they're not helping
1: that's right right now they're not feeling good right now they're not comforting
2: right right so i wanted something more
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what, what do you, you want my
2: little
1: Right. so what do you want from me
2: Give me some more words other than he won't shame
1: me. Oh, okay. That's huge though. And
2: I know
1: he loves me. Right. That's, that's huge though. Right. So what I would say to you, and I'm thinking about it strategically where you are, it's time okay. for you to go to council. And I mean more than just, you know, call in pastor, give me a, give me a verse here or there. I mean, it's time to sit down and strategize in order to build, um, to build an agenda to build an an agenda so that you have some options. That's what counsel does for us. Counsel lays out options so that we can assess, because I think there's some assessment that we need to do. Yeah. We need to do some assessment because, and sometimes you can do it on your own, but sometimes you need advice. You can get that from some of your sisters, but you know, I'm your pastor. I'd be glad to sit down and talk with you about assessing and mapping out where you are, and what can be done about it so that you can look at your options, because maybe you are um, constrained by uh, a lack of knowledge, therefore a lack of resource by which you can achieve uh, the same goals substantially, but maybe in a different way. You want to try that? Yes. In the multitude yes. of counselors, there's safety and with good advice, you make your war. You ready to go to war? Yes. Okay. All right, so you know what to do, right? Yes. Just give me a call. I will. All right, bless you, sis. All right, I got to take a break. When I come back, I will get Daisy and um, Kiana, and then holler at my brother Marlon. I've got one line open, one 888 367 367 Let's do it, you guys. Let's do it. I'll be right back.